fire for both of those. And so we'll tell you more about what's coming uh, in January and throughout the year uh, on Wednesday night and the days to come. Uh, I do also just want to remind you that uh, we've decided for the month of January as an entire church, including our north region as well, is we're going to make it a month of prayer and fasting. And, uh, and so we're going to have some specific prayer chains we'll let you know more about. But we've already passed the sign-up sheets out. Uh, and, and you can choose to fast as long or as short as you like. We are asking, encouraging, slash begging everybody in the church to take at least one day, if you want to take more, fine, but at least one day where you fast. And for most of us, we'd even like to encourage you to make that to be from food. Now, a few, for health reasons, maybe can't do that, and so you'll skip watching television or get rid of technology for a week or whatever you want to choose. But I really, really think it's in the Bible a lot. In fact, if you read Matthew 6, it doesn't say, if you think about fasting, it says, when you fast. It's like yeah. a guaranteed thing that a disciple is going to do. Yeah. And most times that's just your own personal choice whenever and however. But there are also group fasts that the Bible talks about. And so as a church, we want to, as a group, all take at least one day. And so we've had a, we had a, a couple of Wednesdays we had people sign up. And we had tons of people all sign up. And I was really thankful because you all wanted to either do it quickly or get it out of the way. I'm not sure which it was. But, so we had tons of people sign up for like the 1st through the 19th. And nobody signed up for the 20th through the 31st yet. So we're definitely going to do this if the staff has to take every day. So if you want to save my wife from 11 days of fasting at the end of the month, uh, we put the sheets back out there if you haven't signed up. Be brave. I talked to a few of the guys, big, strong Christians for a while, and, and I was talking to them, they were like, oh no, I can't fast, I'll die. You know, this so we told them, you won't die, God will be there, I'll do it with you. Partner up with somebody you can call during the day. Uh, it's really it's really good for us to sacrifice something yep. that's desirable for us to show God, wow, thanks for your sacrifice of your son. We're willing to sacrifice Amen. and have some extra prayer and focus on you. So uh, let's do that as a church. A uh, few people, well, starting today, we've even got a few people uh, on, uh, on track today. So uh, grab the sheet in the back and sign that. All right, here we go. Uh, we're all walking a path in life. And each step that we take leads us somewhere. Sometimes we think, oh, all of our different choices and steps, they're, they're all disconnected, and so I kind of decide this today, and I decide something different tomorrow. But I, I would disagree. I think that there's a pattern in your life. I went back and I was reading about some of these tragic falls that have taken place in the last several years. Back in 2004, there was a New Jersey governor, some of you may remember, who right before his uh, term was about to be up, this you know, he, he'd gone to Princeton, he'd gone to Harvard Law School, he'd been on all these impressed, he'd done all this incredible stuff, and then it kind of comes out that he'd been involved with all kinds of prostitution, you know, all kinds of wildness. He had to kind of, in disgrace, resign, you know, a couple of months before his term was about to be over. But I, and, and certainly we've seen that with ministers and other people. But what struck me as I was reading some of these stories is that we'll talk about the, the sudden fall of this political leader or of this uh, minister. And, and I kept thinking about, you know, it was suddenly brought into the light, but the fall wasn't that sudden. The fall started a long time ago when a decision was made here, when there was a thought there, when there was a, a step down a path here. And so it really wasn't, it was a fall that had been leading up for a long time and finally it just kind of burst open at its seams because our steps take us somewhere, one decision at a time. And sometimes we look back, we look where we are, and some of us we like to play the God card. 
We kind of get angry. We get upset like, God, why would you allow this to happen to me? You know, what's up with you? And I think honestly, if we looked back at the steps that we take in our life, you know, I think God Himself might be a bit appalled. Like, the fact that you're going bankrupt or that you're divorced or in a horrible relationship yeah. or fill in the blank, you're blaming me for all that, you know, is that we take steps that lead places. Right. And then when we end up there, we get mad at God because how could you have let this happen when I think God has been trying to tell us your whole life, here's a path you can go that leads to a better place, that leads to a desired end that you have for your life. And so here, here's what I've been thinking this uh, past week. I think most of us, including me, I think most of us lie to ourselves a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody's already, I think Ed already referred to it in his prayers, that we, we deceive ourselves quite well. Yeah. And uh, you know, Because I, I'm not sure that most people in the world are really on a quest for truth. We're much more on a quest for what we would call happiness. And what we find in happiness is how I feel right now. We don't even look at the long term. We're, I want something today that will give me a thrill, that will be pleasurable, that will put a smile on my face. So that's what we're, we're not really looking for truth or any, really anything long term. We're looking for what can we get today. Yeah. And, and so I stumbled across a couple of guys, and, and most of these scriptures won't even be that unfamiliar. But in Jeremiah chapter 17, there's a prophet named Jeremiah. He was a prophet in Israel around 600 years before Jesus, 600 B.C. There was a king named Jehoiakim, and he, became, he began to lead Israel down the wrong path. He made a decision here, a choice there. And all of Israel started heading down, you know, New Testament terminals, and they started to walk in the darkness instead of walking in the light. And so Jeremiah, for 16, 17 chapters, he's screaming out, Don't go this way. Don't do this. This is going to be bad. Our country's going to be oppressed. Please. You know, you think you're having fun now. The party's going on. But don't do this. This is not the way to go. And the louder he screamed, the more upset Jehoiakim got. He didn't really want the static in his radio. And so he put Jeremiah in prison, first of all. Then he threw him in a cistern in a well. And So it's a pretty cool story. But you get all the way over here to Jeremiah chapter 17. And finally, Jeremiah says, starting in verse 1, Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool, inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. If you skip down to verse 4, he says, Through your own fault, you will lose the inheritance that I have given to you. And then in a more familiar part of the passage, verse 5, he says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man... And later on, verse 7, he's going to say, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And then we get down to the verse I want to focus on, verse 9. You've heard this one before. But in that context, listen to what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 17, 9, he says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know what this verse at least says to me? Is it says, your heart is going to tell you a whole lot of stuff. And there are a few things that your heart's going to say that I think are good things. You know, I was walking down the road one day, noticed Anita over there. My heart said, hmm, looks good over there. <laughs> Let's go have a little conversation, you know. I'm grateful that my heart was chatting with me that day, okay. That, that, there's Every single thing your heart says is not this horrible, sinful, bad, ungodly thing. But you know, what, what's interesting is our heart tells us a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know a single person that every single thing that comes from their mouth is a lie. 
I mean, every now and then, even the worst person stumbles across the truth from time to time, you would think. But if you had a friend, and half of what they said was the truth, and half of what they said was a lie, how'd you begin to feel after a while? You start to say, maybe this is right, maybe it's wrong, but, but I'm not really sure I'm just going to dive in headlong time after time after time after time. But you know what's scary is that's the way most people do life with their hearts. Sometimes what your heart says is good for you. But there are a whole heap of a lot of times when the Bible says you better watch out. The heart is a deceitful place yeah. to go. Mm -hmm. And you keep listening to it. And of course, that's kind of the message of movies and music. Listen to your heart. Follow your heart. Go where your heart leads you. Who cares about tomorrow? Today is what's important. And you know, every now and then that works out okay. But over the long haul, the Bible says, oh my, you're in a heap of trouble. Mm. Because the heart, in the long haul, is a pretty deceitful way to live your life. What do I feel? What do I want today? Most of us, you know, what I found in my life, most of us are really good at giving other people advice. It's ourselves that we have trouble with. I mean, if you were, if you were riding along with Jeremiah and you just kind of saw the situation of Jehoiakim in Israel, you would stand up and say, Jeremiah is correct. And you should go, you know, you can just be reading through Jeremiah and say, this is not going to end well. You know, Babylon is going to come in, I think, 588 B.C., and they're going to conquer Israel, and they're going to be laid low in the wilderness, and everybody's going to be saying, we really should have listened to Jeremiah. But nobody did, because life was good. They were following their hearts. And you can look at, you can look at different people and say, I cannot believe that she likes that guy, and that she's following him off there. It makes no sense whatsoever. But you get a little guy that starts whispering in your ear, and it's a whole different ballgame. It's like, oh, wow, okay, maybe it'll work for me. Maybe I'll be the exception to the rule here. And, you know, our heart takes us some really interesting places. Yeah. All right, let me, let me throw one other guy at you here before we give our contribution. And before I do that, let's see, do we have any, if you're a 20-year-old man, a couple weeks ago we had a 13-year-old girl, but if you're a 20-year-old man, stand up for just a second. We won't make this sound. This would be the lie over here. All right. We got one 20-year-old man. All right. Now, uh, what if I were to tell you that this is the wisest person in all the world? Amen. No one smarter ever has been, ever will be. Wow. You'd be thinking it can't be, right? All right, you may be seated. Thank you. Great illustration. Right, good job. No singing or dancing was required there. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, I won't even read it for time's sake, but you know the story. There was a 20-year-old man, and God said to his 20-year-old man, I'll give you anything you want in life. You name it. I'll not only give you a blank sheet of paper, I'll give you, you know, a blank ream of paper. Anything you want, you write it down. He said that to a 20-year-old man. What are most 20-year-old men writing down? Cars. I mean, you, you name it, okay? Money, car. I mean, wow. Anything I want. Genie in a bottle. I don't just get three wishes. I can get anything I want. And the 20-year-old man said, I'll take wisdom because I want to guide God's people in the right direction. Amen. And he became really instantly the wisest man that God just miraculously gave him. Not only the wisdom, but all the other stuff he could have written down on his piece of paper. Yep. Riches and cars and you know the whole the whole shebang. 
But here, here's what I want to show you in the book of Proverbs. Go over to Proverbs 3. 